We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As, and Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other streaming platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your applications in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this podcast to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested what is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. You got the two-man game, the pick and roll tonight. It's just me and my buddy Kamiar here. Kamiar, how's it going? It's going well, man. The The mustache game is strong. You oh, like man. my shirt? I look like I belong in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I look hey, like I belong you back in the You match Darius Baisley a little bit, man. man I, you know, he looks a lot like um, Will Smith. It's, it's, I think it's the mustache, um, but I dig it. I like the mustache from him. Oh, yeah. we. Uh, hey, good Good morning from, from Greece. Greece. Good, uh, good late evening from Oklahoma City, man. Thank you for joining so much. Uh, we are streaming this episode live on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Facebook. So if you're joining us live tonight, man, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on. If you're listening to the podcast version of it, thank you for downloading the pod. We appreciate you, although you are missing Kamiar and I's uh, 
wonderful mustaches. Come here. I got to say the other day, you know me, I've always just had like had the beard going on. Yeah. In the day I said, dude, nobody ever sees me anyways. Cause anytime I'm in public, I have a mask on. So it doesn't matter what my facial hair looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a mustache. I'm trying it out. And it's not I bad, man. Into a mustache and my fiance laughed at me for like five straight minutes. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a superhero mask. Like at first it's a little <laughs> uncomfortable, but then after a while people learn to appreciate it and they learn to love it. And uh, one of us should go for the Steven look. I don't know. I, I got the skin color, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think I'm too handsome for what Steve could do. But uh, yeah, man, the mustache, you know, it's like a sign that you're trending into your late 20s to early 30s. And you really don't care what people are thinking about you. And I just really appreciate it. Yeah. See, the difference is you with a mustache, you look like you should own a nightclub. And me with a mustache, I look like my name should be Randy from Tahlequah. <laughs> who's posting on Facebook oh, yeah. about how vaccines have microchips in them. So I heard that. I heard that at Christmas once and I didn't know if they were serious. So I just kept on <laughs> laughing to myself. Oh man. Well, come here. We have, should have two thunder games in the books. We only have one, um, but that's okay. It was, it was a fun one. We also have the, uh, someone in the chat says one of you needs to rock that Kenrich Williams hair. Gosh, that's Man, if I have the mustache it. and I grow out the mullet, oh my God. There's going to be no more women in, left in the state of Oklahoma. I I don't drink, but I'll have to start drinking beer and like wearing wife beaters and get a beer belly. I could pull off the look, man. Yeah. I it, can make it happen. I made a joke last night on the game that he would never have to buy a neck pillow for an airplane ever again <laughs> because he's just like, he's, he's a neck rust. I love it. Special. I love it. Well, we have the chat live up here on the screen with us. So as you guys send in comments and questions, we will make sure we hit them. Uh, but call me. I wanted to start off talking about the one Thunder game we have watched. Um, Oklahoma City versus Houston got canceled two yep. days before the season tipped off. So we didn't get that. Uh, James Harden was fresh out the strip club and half the team had COVID. Um, the Houston Rockets did play their first game and went, uh, for a loss in an overtime game. We'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I wanted to start off, you post-game podcasted last night about the Thunder, but I wanted to talk about our reactions to game number one. We really didn't know what to expect coming in, you know, completely new roster. Um, but let's jump in. What are some of your initial reactions to the Thunder's first game of the season, a win over the Charlotte Hornets? I thought that Shea looked really, really good. I thought that he... I mean, he is who we thought he was. Like, he's really crafty. He has a sick crossover. He has a nice change of pace game. Um, but we also learned that he's still young. It's his first real season actually being the dude. Um, his first season, he's with the Clippers. They weren't even supposed to make the playoffs that year, and they did really well above expectations with Doc. Um, and he was seen as like, oh, this guy could be a good thing. And then in his second year in the league, he – He's he's leading scorer, but he's the benefactor of having guys like Chris Paul, the greatest point guard ever, like probably to live in the modern generation of NBA. You've got uh, Dennis Schroeder, who's gonna get a massive contract from the Lakers really soon, and then you also have Danilo Gallinari, a vet that can fill the cup up when he ever needs to. So like he's a benefactor of getting the the defense as maybe third best defender on him. That's how he kind of like led the team in scoring, even though everybody's kind of like at that nineteen points ish per game. And so now you're seeing him as the guy and you're seeing that although he's immensely talented, he's still used to being in the, he's still getting used to being in the spotlight And during down the stretch when OKC was a, they were ahead by like 10 points, 13 points with two minutes left, 10 points with about a minute in 50 something and like seven points with like a minute left. And, um, and those are leads that only like you thought the thunder of old could really just screw up, but this one too. And, Shea had a lot of turnovers, a lot of missed free throws. Um, so you're seeing like kind of chinks in his arm, but then again, eight seconds left, he gets a rebound or whatever. Oh, they inbound the ball and he comes up and ices the game with the second left. So that's my initial reaction that he's really good. Uh, he's also really, really young and same for the rest of the team. And also that George Hill and Mike Muscala will never be perfect from the field like ever again or close to it. Man. I think you're spot on with Shea. You know, he is young and this is his first time really being the guy. So you you have to expect a, a little bit of a, a, a rocky go of it, right? Even though he's 
had that mentorship from guys in the past. He's been part of veteran-laden teams. It's his show to run now. And I thought specifically, I thought he looked a lot to try to get other guys involved in the offense. He looked to, to get off the ball. He wanted to initiate the offense, but then pass to guys for shooters. Ended up with nine assists, which is awesome considering last season he averaged three assists a game. I don't think he's going to average nine assists a game this season, but I uh, on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I said over five, and I'm sticking to that. I think he's going to really distribute the ball around. One of my initial reactions from the game, Darius Baisley looks legit. He looks so comfortable. He looks like he knows he's supposed to be out there. He knows what he needs to do. I thought he played great defense. Offensively, he finished at the rim. He he just looked awesome to me. I'm super excited. He's super young, um, but he is that prototypical uh, kind of wing, like power forward slash point guard type of build. Uh, we have a question in the chat from Nate Sanders. Who is more intriguing, Bays or Lou? I think long-term, Baisley is a lot more intriguing because of the size. Uh, you know, th- that's what the league is trying to be built around now. Kind of jack of all trades, do everything kind of guys that are that six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. Basley looked really good to me, and I'm really excited to see what his season looks like. Yeah, Nate said uh, that you know who who like you said who was more intriguing, Basley Lou. I I like Lou. He's fun. I mean, I mentioned last night that OKC ever since James Harden and Kevin Martin, they've never really had a two guard that can defend. Uh, both defend and do stuff off the dribble. And Lou Dort, I mean, like, he's still, like, his arms aren't as long as you'd like him to be, um, but he's still a really intense defender. And offensively, he's incredibly raw. I mean, like, he doesn't want to shoot the three. He wants to take he wants to take the ball on the dribble. It's not going to do anything fancy. He's not going to do, like, any, any Euro steps off the dribble. He's just going to take it hard at the rim and see what he can get. Um, but that's something that OKC's been missing from a two guard ever since, like you know, Kevin Martin and James Harden, and then you know, the next one down. I guess you have Lou Dort, which is a massive gap in talent, especially offensive talent, uh, because of McTabo, he'd pump fake and never actually do much. But he had a couple of good seasons from three. Has a great defender. Uh, Dre couldn't shoot at all. Uh, but yeah, Ferg. Is there somebody I'm missing at the two that played that started? I feel like I'm missing somebody at the two. I don't think so. Not or that was it, started. Was it Tabo too? Did Tabo hand the baton off to Dre? I keep on forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Lamb played in there, but he never oh, yeah. started. Um, I think maybe Raiders. what's even more. Oh, God. We can't forget Dion. Man, he might and, retire. And I feel bad because he looked really good in OKC. And it's just like, again, guys, it's it's that OKC culture. It's the OKC dynamic that a lot of players that could have done something, they come to OKC and like somehow revive their career and get lots of money. Like George Hill looks really good right now. Uh, Mike Muscala, for some reason, has been really good this preseason and this regular season. Mike's uh, looked incredible. That's yeah, one of my looked, big my big reactions is Mike. Yeah, he's been great. And it's just Al Horford. He didn't score. He scored three points yesterday. He had an and one, and that was it. But he, he ate like 14 rebounds. Uh, there's just, it's a lot, it's a good place for veterans and especially guys that maybe need second chances. I guess if your name is in TJ leaf, I feel bad for Dion because like he, like one moment he's in, in the plane, isn't a plane. The next moment he's, a uh, in a world of hurt on the, in, in the NBA because somebody yeah. slipped him some uh, edibles. He says, <laughs> yeah. And you have to think like Dion was on the precipice of being a, a main bench player on yeah. a Russ KD Al Horford, uh, Steven Adams, Victor Oladipo team. Uh, and then went from there to Miami to the injuries and, um, you know, just, it, it, it sucks for him for sure. Uh, but I, I think back to your point of, of two guards and OKC, the fact that Lou is willing to take the shots is yeah. important, right? The fact that he's willing to take those mm-hmm. shots, uh, even if they don't go in, the fact that he is willing to take them, uh, and and make or miss them uh, makes the defense have to respect you a little bit out there. So that's nice. One of the questions we got, uh, not in the chat here, but in the Boomtown Hoops Discord from our guy, Eku, uh, he talks a lot about how he's impressed with Dagnall 
uh, and his first game minus those last couple of minutes there. He thought the team moved the ball well, got everyone involved on offense. He thought rotations were well. Uh, wanted to ask us our thoughts on Coach Dagnalt, Dagnalt, Coach Dagnalt. Mark. We're just, we're just I, call I, Mark. I call him Coach Mark on Twitter because I still haven't invested myself in it to really figure out how to spell his name because I haven't paid attention to it. Um, maybe if he has a winning season or something like that, I might start spelling it right. But for now it's coach Mark, uh, because I mean, Brooks was so easy, uh, and Donovan was so easy. Now it's, I, and we've always been spoiled with like really simple yeah. names. I've never even called coaches. him coach Donovan. We always, always just called him Billy. Billy. Yeah. So coach Mark is what it is. I mean, you could have had a different Mark. You could have had a Mark Jackson, God, don't but, even, uh, don't no, don't even speak that into existence. Dignal, Dignal, he needs to do something with that hair, and he needs to get a tan or something. He looks sick. My man looks sick. He needs to, and not not a good sick, like a bad sick. Uh, he looks very pale. His hair is kind of like Harry Pottery. He needs those round spectacle glasses, and he'll be set for life, I guess. I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I thought he did fine. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to take a whole lot away after we see. Uh, until we see a handful of games, uh, but they do have a very concerted effort of moving the ball on offense. Yeah. That um, was fun. That was interesting uh, because how, when's the last time you saw OKC do like six dribble handoffs? That's at, what I was about to say. Dribble handoffs. Seconds. I was like, "What? That never. That has not happened since this, the beginning of this OKC franchise." Yeah, when this dude when loves dribble Bennett, handoffs. When when those dudes stole the with the when they stole the. Uh, the Sonics, man, they never did dribble handoff. Yeah. And so now it's like really weird. Like, Ooh, that's, that's strange. And then my, another one of my reactions or takeaways is when Teo Maladon is in the game, why is Hamadou Diallo holding the ball in his hands at all? Get it out of his hands. Hami is a very poor decision maker on the court. And I love Hamadou Diallo. I think he's probably a great guy. He works hard. He hustles his ass off. But when Hamadou Diallo is shooting a free throw line jumper with 18 seconds left in the shot clock after not passing, that's not the offense you want. That is wish, not the offense you want. I wish I, you I'm with you. I would like to see uh, Teo with the ball in his hand. Oh, um, Sean I'm in the like chat says that it was interesting that coach did not advance the ball on the game-winning shot. Live ball situation. Like yeah, live ball. I, I like that because if you if you advance it to half court, you allow the defense to get set in a half court defense. This way, Shea got, you know, kind of got, kind of got to get downhill. It, Shea's shot to win the game, Kamiar, reminded me. I don't know if you're going to remember this. Two years ago, I think, Thunder playing in Utah and Russ oh, goes the Russ length went, of the court. His and, legs and, are like whipped around. Yeah. And he like pulls up there at that mid range, dribbles up, stops, pulls up at the mid range. Um, and Rudy Gobert was backpedaling. I thought, uh, I thought that was a, very reminiscent and, and Shea didn't get the screen, but that little in and out dribble he had completely lost his defender and got him the perfect spot for the pull-up. This man was on skates for like two seconds when Shea was dribbling the ball around for like, he was like doing this kind of thing, like going backwards. And I was like, Oh man, you done goofed buddy. Like yeah. this, he's about to drill this. And he had been doing it all, all game. Lamello, whoever else was one of the Martin brothers, because apparently Charlotte can't get just one. They have to get both twins from Nevada, yeah. which makes no sense. Um, and so they just like yeah, he did an in and out, and then he's just been doing the crossover behind the back, and it's just like like several times throughout the game, he embarrassed Charlotte defenders who were the last time I checked, they were beating the Nets, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. They won. They won by two, I think. 108, 106. Charlotte did? Yeah, Charlotte beat the wow. Nets. So looks like the tank is officially off, guys. Going seventy-two and zero. One hundred six, yeah. one hundred four. Gosh, wow, that's crazy. There's a there's some interesting scores going on in the league right now. The I, I know we're not around the association yet, but Cleveland beat Philly by almost thirty. Uh, the Knicks beat the Bucks by twenty. Indiana beat Boston. Chicago uh, and Golden State are in a tight one. Phoenix is losing to Sacramento again. Um, we'll talk about the Dallas Clippers game here in a bit because that was incredible. Uh, so it's uh, it, it, it's some interesting stuff. Let's move on, though, from our initial thoughts of this game to what I think is going to be a staple on our weekly show, Kamiar, the tank meter. 
from empty to full, where is the tank meter after game number one? Uh, if, it, if it's full, it means you're you're full on tank, and if it's empty, it means you are um, you are like basically anti tank. Where is this Thunder team on this tank meter? Whenever they get in the car and they fire okay. it up, okay. and, and the little meter mm -hmm. moves, where does it land? Should be full. Like you realize how relaxed I was watching this game yesterday, expecting this team to just get its butt kicked by thirty points. And I was just like hanging out. I was like, oh, when, you know, when, when Shay, cause like I mentioned on the post game last night, I'm looking at the team in three tiers. I've got the old guys, which are Muscala, Horford. You call them the grandpas. Yeah. The grandpas, Muscala, Horford and George Hill. And like, you expect them to be good, or at least Horford and George Hill. You've got the young guys that you pay attention to and Shay, Baisley and, uh, Dort. And like, you're like looking like for jumps they've made, especially Shay and Bays that we've definitely noticed. And then you've got the younger guys that you're like, just do something. Show me that you can like actually be in the NBA uh, between Maladon and Pokashevsky. And so that was, I mean, the, it takes the edge. I'm full tank because it takes the complete anxiety, competitive edge off of like hoping you win and you finish in the top five seeds you expect to lose. And, uh, so it was nice. I just kind of relaxed. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool play. Oh, wow. They really good, did a really good job there. Oh, that's bad defense, but I don't care because they're supposed to lose anyway. So like mm -hmm. when they, cause like I, I was like, I wasn't expecting the win, but then when they wanted, they were about to win, I was excited. Cause I was like, they're not supposed to win. So I wanted them to win. And then they started like, they got tied and I was like, oh no, I really want this win now. It's like, kind of like this <laughs> idea that, that like I want it. And now you can't take it away from me because I'm already holding a W and they want to take it back from me. And I'm like, no, I, I had this. So I was very excited to see Shea win the game. But yeah, no, I'm full tank. Uh, I think everybody else should be too. Don't prolong this weird kind of abyss that S San Antonio is doing. Yeah, exactly. No, last night was perfect, right? Either A, we got a Shea game winner or B, we lose the first game of the season and the and the tank is on and, and it's bettering the draft odds, right? I mean, there, there was... Mm -hmm. Not a better situation there. Competitive tanking. We talked about it at the beginning of last year. Didn't end up happening. I think we're going to get it this year. I don't think this is going to be competitive tanking. I think OKC just put a really bad Charlotte team. Yeah. It Well, it's sad whenever the this is the Thunder bottoming out. Uh, and on the flip side, this is Charlotte trying to make a push for the playoffs. I mean, like, right? but again... George Hill was like seven to seven at one point, and Mike yeah. Muscala was draining everything, including a step back high arching three. That like I was My like, dude, I was like, f this game. There's no way well, that this ever happens again. Definitely, like those two guys aren't going to go perfect again. But the team as a whole shot like twenty seven percent from three. Like Bays and Shea aren't going to have like one of six games again, though. But that's been that's been like OKC's mo since Kevin Durant left is that they. Can't can't shoot threes. Yeah. So every team's going to eventually pack the paint and Shea's life is going to get immensely harder and more difficult. And OKC's front court carries a lot of their shooting, shooting, not their back court. So I think that'll be a big issue, but also my space the floor a lot for them for the bigs that have to stick out to the pops. Yep. It's a, uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on. I want to talk some of our way too early takeaways. We only have one game under our belt. Yep. But what are some of your way too early takeaways? Things that you're you're planting your flag on this hill. Okay. Well, then this one becomes very easy in the way you put it. Um, I think Teo Maladon is going to have way more success than uh, Alexa Pokashevsky this year. I think he's going to have way more success than Poku is. Just because he's been in a high-pressure league, he was a significant contributor to that league, like off, kind of off the bench, whereas Poku clearly frustrated with himself last night we zero uh, point zero assists had four rebounds and it wasn't because he didn't get wide open looks he just not could he just couldn't knock any shots down and so i think uh maladon is going to have a lot more success this season than poku is going to come close to just because of him playing in the euro leagues him playing with dudes that are like a really mature and really him just really having a mature game regardless yeah i i think teo is starting at a his starting line is farther along than Poku's. Uh, I also think just overall as players, I think Teo's floor is a lot higher than Poku's. 
but I think Poku obviously has the higher ceiling. It's just who can realize that ceiling. I right? wish his shot was as high as his ceiling. That thing is yeah. flat, like yeah, like that, it, like, yeah. flat Earth, like Kyrie. <laughs> oh, what's flatter, Kyrie's Earth or Poku's jumper? I think. Uh, yeah. I think our guy um, uh, Brady Trantham tweeted that last night. Oh, did he? It was a pretty Brady's, good tweet. Brady's a good guy. Brady's a good great. Pretty good, good tweet. Guy. Uh, I, I got to brag on myself uh, on my tweet last night. Did you, I, I hope you saw it. The one where I said, these are the microphones that Michael Cage and yeah. uh, Fisher yeah. are talking into. And those, those like special. little baby, like echo microphones. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. It's a pretty good one. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, one of my way too early takeaways. Um, Shay has hit the weight room and wants to show it off. He, so? he he did take some jumpers, but he just, to me, looks like a guy that he knows he's stronger now, and he wants to make it a point by getting down and mixing it up. Like Almost all of his points came at him going to the rim and bumping off people and forcing his way to the basket. I thought Shea looked, um, even maybe physically he doesn't look like super jacked up and big. I think he does look a little bit bigger, but I think the way he plays, he looks a lot stronger. And so I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of one of my takeaways. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like he looked like a guy that knew, um, he's got to do a lot more this year to make his team successful. Uh, I think that's, I think that's what it looked like to me. I, I think he knows that he doesn't have Chris or all the, any of the other three guys there with him. They're all in different spots now having a good, good year. And he, he knows that it's all on him for the most part. And so one of my next things is, I, uh, is it overreaction? Um, but it's it's fun to think about. It, is that I think Darius Baisley is gonna maybe even rival Shea Gilgis Alexander for Most Improved Player Award this year. I like it. I like it a lot. He he's got a really played, big role. He's got a very much expanded role, and he's not afraid to play. He looked very comfortable. Uh, his three-pointer didn't drop. We know he can shoot it. At least we think we he can shoot it after what yeah. we saw in preseason and the bubble. I was impressed with his finishing at the rim. I've been very critical about him finishing. Uh, you mentioned on the post-game pod, he put LaMelo Ball in the spin cycle. Yeah, that was fun. He uh, looked smooth. He, he looked really yeah. smooth for a guy that's coming out of his second year of the NBA and being an intern at New Balance and never going to college. I mean, he looked last year, he looked kind of like, and he still has those mechanical moments, right? Where like, you're not sure what to do when you catch the ball instead of like what college guys do and high school people do when they catch the ball next to the rim. Sometimes you have an instinct to dribble the ball real quick and put it up. And he's the guy that like takes, he doesn't really need as many dribbles. He just goes up with the ball and uh, just really crafty around the rim. And I love his handle. It seems like his handles also gotten more smooth, but maybe this is an overreaction and we'll have to see what he does against actual good teams. He looks like the game has slowed down for him. He doesn't look like he's in a hurry. Uh, he's playing at his own pace. He's getting to where he wants to get to on the court. Um, to me, he just he exuded confidence. He looked like a guy that he knows he's supposed to be there. He he knows what he can do. Uh, he looked really really confident, and uh, that that's one of the things that I was really excited about as well. So, uh, oh, Greg Stevens in the chat says Golden State Warriors just won on a buzzer beater. Oh, uh, poor Billy Donovan. Yeah, 0-3 for Billy, and he didn't want my, to be part of the tank. My favorite comment right here is from Sean, who said the Storm Chasers have put contestants at the half-court line who have had better form than Poku had. <laughs> yeah, like you put a side-by-side a, a -side video of Derek Fisher's arc and Poku's arc, oh and like there couldn't be anything more different. Like if you actually put it right in the middle between where their arcs would, like I guess the, the median of their two arcs, That'd probably be a perfect jump shot because Derek Fisher, his things would touch the roof of the damn oh, yeah. arena. Derek Fisher, Derek yeah. Fisher almost had that uh, like a uh, Carlos Boozer style, like pull it behind your head and slingshot. Incredible, it's incredible. And like Poku, like he extends from like I know I don't extend from like above my head. This man like extends from his chest, but he's yeah, so it's like his belly big. button. It's like yeah. a John Marion situation, and they need to fix that. But I hope yeah. in in ways they fix it is not what I mentioned last night about Brandon Clark and Markel Fultz and ruining dudes jumpers God. and like their, their brains. Brandon Clark looks like he's holding the, the shoot button down for too long on 2k. It's weird. It's, ugly. it's weird. It, it's and ugly. Uh, yeah, not a fan, but yeah, uh, really 
Really enjoyed uh, Baisley. Yeah, and and in my third, my third hot take, I guess, or overreaction. And I don't think this is really even an overreaction. Uh, I think he's going to have a triple double this year. Baisley. Yeah. yeah, I think it's possible. I think it is I definitely possible. Oh God, Nick says who's our Nick? Uh, Nick Crane is watching us, and he wants to know who our NBA player comp is. Nick, I'm assuming is that like for us personally, right? Or Would are you, you talking about someone that that we're talking about? It's got to be us, right? Also, Sean, yes, Marco Fultz is actually turning the corner. I really like him in Orlando. He's been doing a really great job. Yeah, but if Orlando had Jonathan Isaac back, they'd be mm. a bit of a force right now because Jonathan Isaac is really good. Um, we'll wait. Better hair, Kenrich Williams or Spencer Rattler versus KSU. <laughs> uh, <laughs> both really, really bad. Keithan's a good dude. He went to Westmore like you, so he's a butthole. Uh, but uh, no, I, Kenrich Williams, I think, has better hair. Nick says, yes, us guys. I think we've already established this. I feel like I play like Pat Beverly where I'm just like on dudes. Oh, and 100%. Like, and like you play like Pat Bev or, um, um, oh, why am I going blank? Tony Allen, Tony oh, Allen. God. Yeah. Memphis. I can't shoot worth a crap, but I'll take all the easy layups and I will get in your crap and I'll foul you, but be like, it's not a foul. Did you call the foul? You call your own fouls. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's me. Who, who are you? I think we discussed Bosch at one point, but I can't Bosch. remember. Oh God. Or was it Otto Porter Jr. or something like that? Someone said know. Otto Porter Jr. And I about fist fought him. What, what would you say you are? I'm more of a, uh, oh, let's see. The style of play that I play with, I would say is more Nick Batum. Ugh. Kind of, I play on the wing, but I try to set people up. Um, I kind of have like that, that you like a more mobile Caleb. Maybe. Yeah. I like to pass a lot, but I typically always play like on the wing and cause I'm, even though I'm six, one, like I'm one of the taller guys that pick up basketball. Yeah, cause we are. So I, I have to kind of play. Yeah. I have to play like as a, as one of the bigger people on the court. So, um, I think Nick, uh, we've already established. He plays like J.R. Smith. This is, this is what it's like playing with Jake and pickup. I like somebody, ha he has the ball in this situation and we're just like kind of standing around and not moving. He goes, cut, 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 move, 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 set a pick, pick, roll, roll, roll. Oh, I thought you were popping. Yeah, says, that's, says, that's about right. I, uh, I, uh, I'm kind of like, um, uncle he's like, drew. No, he's Jackie moon. He wants to be player coach owner. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. All right, Kamiar, let's move on because one of my last takeaways ties directly into this next one. My last takeaway was that George Hill is too good to be on a tanking team and is going to get dealt. So we're going to go on to who says no. Uh, and actually for this segment, we're going to pull up. Should be pretty fun here. I can actually screen share with you guys. And we are going to look at the trade machine. Oh, you better close that tab. <laughs> We're going to look at the trade machine. Um, TradeNBA.com still has players like uh, TJ Leaf uh, and Frank Jackson and Admiral Schofield on here. So we're just going to ignore that. Uh, but I want to start off by taking George Hill and seeing where we think we can trade George Hill to. Uh, he's owed $9.5 million this season. Next season is uh, non-guaranteed, I think, for like $2 million. But of this list of teams, based off of what we've seen so far, Kamiar, uh, which team do you think George Hill fits on? Well, I think most people would say the Clippers, but OKC already got everything the Clippers could offer. So mm -hmm. <laughs> who needs who needs a basically a combo guard? He, George Hill's not a real point guard. He's more of a two guy. He's more of a two guard. He's not a slasher by any means. Uh, but he's he's a good point guard that can, you know, be a, a six man or a guy off the bench that can provide you that kind of one through three role. Um, so, like, you know, Greg mentions Boston. I think that's a I think that's a good example of a guy because they could use a defensive kind of another defensive guard uh, when when Kemba's out there or knowing they're not out there. Um, who else could use some uh, re really reliable point guards? I mean, the Lakers. Already I, have I put him teams. up here. Uh, I put Golden State up here. I just don't see how the money works, but I think he would fit well in Golden State. Let's look at Boston, though. Uh, Boston actually has that massive trade exception 
they could just absorb George Hill into. They don't even have to actually. What about um, what about Denver? Denver's an interesting one. I'm not. Um, I'm not that big a fan of Monte Morris, and it's not because he didn't go to Iowa. It's not because he went to Iowa State. I just think with the absence of Gary, or well, they have Gary Harris, but the absence of Gary Harris from like two years ago, they could really use a defensive guard uh, that can shoot threes, that can facilitate stuff. Uh, they just somebody mentioned Dallas, but I think Dallas with. Uh, Josh Richardson there. I don't know how well that would fit. It's kind of like the same player, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like, I liked him. I like him in Denver maybe, but again, okay. So he just got a first round pick for Jeremy Grant. So who like, who yeah, looking, looking, at, looking at Denver's roster here, I don't see how you salary match. Yeah. Um, Cause they're not trading uh, Will Barton, Paul Millsap or Jamichael green. Um, so I, I don't see how they make it work with the nuggets. Um, looking down the list here at other teams, um, uh, it's kind of hard to tell. Well, one team that could definitely use a steady hand at guard is the bulls. Um, could you do like George Hill for, uh, Thad young and Articuno? <laughs> Archie, I don't even know. Archie, Archidiacono, Diacono, however you say his name. Remember when Kirk yeah. Heinrich used to play for them? He was solid too. Kirk oh. Heinrich with the goggles, man. Oh, those two Kansas boys and Nick Collison and Kirk Heinrich. Yep. Um, you could do like George Hill, uh, George Hill and Homie for Thad Young and uh and a pick. Uh Ooh. I kind of like that a lot. I kind of like that a whole I lot, actually. What are the protections on the pick? Because you know the Bulls are not good. Yeah, uh, I think you make it probably 2021 lottery protected, and then maybe it goes down to like top 10 protected in, in 2022, something like that. But dude, do you think the Bulls would do like that for a team that they're they're not planning to make the playoffs? Why they would give up a pick like that? I think they want to make the playoffs. They just what? suck right now. They are terrible. Yeah, they are not good. That is for sure. Um, other teams where the Pacers can use them? Uh, the Pacers kind of have a lot of guards. Indiana? Victor Oladipo, um, Malcolm Brogdon. They have Jeremy Lamb, who I think is still hurt. Uh, they love Justin Holiday and TJ McConnell. I just think they're too, uh, too packed at guard there for that to work. Uh, looking back in the West, it's like hard who, to really see another team in the West that could really use him. I mean, somebody did mention, and I, I, I don't know how to say your name, but I feel like how do you say your last name is Bonifacio, maybe. Um, I think Dallas, like I originally said, no, but Dallas could really use somebody like him considering that they're heavy on the wing with, with Richardson and, um, and Luca and they, they, they lost Seth Curry. And so they could really use a kind of a point guard and kind of shooting guard ish kind of guy. Uh, but I can't really think of many other people in the West. Like that would really do it for you. But I think Dallas could be cool. I mean, I don't yeah, think San Antonio I, would be, I don't think San Antonio would do it. Houston doesn't have any assets. Memphis, they don't, they wouldn't do it. Cause they're not at that point. They're not trying to get a George Hill. And so like I'm teams that want him are teams that want to win titles. Mm-hmm. And so like the Suns could be something interesting. Who knows? Um, and like, we're not even talking about Ariza right now, who I don't even think is going to play this year. And okay. So he's fine with that. Um, so I think it's like, I look at Denver, I look at Dallas. Um, I'm not really looking too much in the East to be quite frank. I mean, cause the teams in the East, um, that are going to make a playoff run, I guess the bucks could make some sense, but they, the, a lot of the teams in the East are pretty set at guards. Yeah. And they can't trade him to the bucks because he was traded here from the bucks. Here from bucks so. Yeah. So I was about to say like, that doesn't make, well, wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, let's move on one more real quick. Uh, I want to talk Al Horford trades. Um, he might not get traded this season. It might be one of those like wait till next summer, uh, another year off his contract. Uh, but any team stick out to you as an Al Horford destination? I think um, a lot of teams could use an Al Horford. Uh, uh, there's an, and like, I mean, gosh, I think two, two teams that I really like for Al Horford. Uh, first one, the Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. who lost their center rotation in Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka, yeah. uh, and then filled it in with Aaron Baines. They have Chris Boucher, uh, and who's the other center? Alex Len that they picked up. 
I think there's a little bit of sense there uh, for Horford. Again, the problem is making money match because Al Horford is owned, owed a lot of money and the Raptors don't have a, a lot of big contracts to kind of make that work. Um, but I think he makes a little bit of sense in Toronto. Yeah, man. And his game, like, again, his game is so different than a traditional center, like a Steven Adams. Like, now you're going to see pick and pop, and he's not really that big of a rebounder. He had this weird role last year in Philly where he there he was the power forward. or the, it was a bad match in Philly. It was, it was a really bad match. So odd. And so it's really tough for me to think about and not necessarily what team wouldn't want him, because I think there are a lot of teams that would love a Al Horford on their team. Um, I find it tough for salaries to match. That's where I'm getting hung up on because mm-hmm. he has a massive salary for um, kind of like how old he is, his role and a lot of teams, especially in title contending teams, he wouldn't even be a starter. So I don't, I'm not really sure where I, where I could place him to be honest with you. Cause I think his salary is a lot. And I think it's more of maybe even more of an albatross than Chris Paul, because Chris Paul elevated his value, just like everybody else did last year. Al Horford may be on the pace to do the same thing, but it's really tough to see, you know, his trade value right now. Yeah. I'm just saying he fits perfectly into that Boston Celtics traded player exception that they got for Gordon Hayward. I think he fills a role in Boston. He's already familiar with Boston. If he's gonna, go, he gonna go, go back, back to, he's gonna go back to Boston. In so, what would that trade look like? Uh, I think it's just Al Horford in the trade exception, and you call it good, and you just get wow. off the money. It helps you tank. It gets Al to a contender, uh, and it saves you. Um, how much money is this over the course of the? It's it's twenty seven and a half million over three years. Um, it's 27 and a half this year, 27 next year, 2020 is 26 and a half. But I think that 2022 salary is, uh, is not fully guaranteed. Um, but if you can ship him back to Boston, a place where he has a chance to compete for a title, you get off all that money and it helps out the tank. I th- I mean, you're not bringing back an asset, maybe a second rounder. God, that sucks. <laughs> that's, I, that's, I know, I, I know, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you want something back? I figured, like maybe, like, maybe a second round pick for Al Horford. Like, if you can get a first rounder for Jeremy Grant, you can surely get something for Al Horford. But then again, OKC just sent Kelly Oubre to wherever for nothing or somebody. That's the Golden State, for, yeah, for that pick. That Golden State yeah. sucks, and they might not get that pick. I think the team they just played, Charlotte, makes a little bit of sense for Al Horford too. For a team that wants to make the playoffs. Al Horford fits a little bit there. It makes a little bit of sense. I don't think he's going to get traded this year, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, I I think the plan is probably around the draft, uh, same way they did with Chris. Uh, let him play out this season. Let him be a veteran presence and see what he can do next season uh, or in the yeah. off season. So, oops, want to turn that off. There we go. Oops. All right. Well, Kamiar, before we move on to around the association, uh, we need to take a minute and tell our listeners who is paying the bills for the uncontested this month. Um, Yeah, so let's get on to it. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. And there's no long-term contracts, just like what the Thunder want. No long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria. That way, you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. 
That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide are using Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. That means more quality candidates will see it and fast. So try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. But the offer is only valued through the end of 2020, so your time is running out. Terms and conditions apply. Man, if you guys watch sports streams because your local coverage doesn't have your game, bet online ads pop up all the time. So the NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is an extra mile to make you sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering in wins on division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, call me our time to take a quick trip. Quick trip, you get it? Because that's the the best, the superior... uh, convenience store quick trip time to take I a like, quick trip i like quick trips and come and goes around the association i don't even know where you're sitting at like. First around the association question, call me our biggest surprise of the NBA season so far. It can be a team. It can be a player. It can be uh, whatever. It can be a, a scheme. It can be a coach. It can be James Harden living in the strip club. What now though? That's not a surprise. They use, that's just, yeah, that's not the biggest surprise. That's he, the least he, surprise. He, yeah. He pays rent. That's where he lives. That's where he sleeps. Titties over titles, baby. That's biggest, <laughs> biggest surprise guy. of the season so far. Terrence Ross's face last night. You see that picture? It's yes. a great picture. That's a good you picture. See all the memes that came with it. There's one. He's oh, like, yeah. he's like, you know, best meme, whatever. And one of them was a boxing ring. <laughs> the guy was face down, knocked out. And somebody did a really crappy Snapchat edit of Terrence Ross's face like this. <laughs> <laughs> and put it on the ref's face, check on the guy yeah. that's knocked out. Oh my gosh, Terrence <laughs> Ross's face. I like we have so many good memes from this NBA season already with Charles Barkley asking KD a question. And that's not the big, that's the least surprise where he asks about, like, you know, what did he ask KD? And KD just said, Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. All I remember is Kyrie burning sage in the TD Garden. God, but uh, biggest surprise. Um, that's a good question because. Uh, okay, Nate, cool. Um, because I mean, the Kings are two and zero. I guess that that's a great surprise. Uh, the, the Kings are two and zero, yeah. and are they up right now? They I are down it. by twelve to the Ooh. Phoenix Suns. They're going to lose that one. But uh, yeah. Who else, who, what, what else is a really, really big surprise? Or Sean dropped a great one in the chat. Cleveland Cavaliers, 3-0. Yeah, they're real good. I like K-Love. I like Darius Garland. I like Colin Sexton. I like those dudes. Um, I I was really, really hoping for a Russ-K-Love reunion before Russ was traded to Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, the land. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, I really like... I, I really like who they have on that team. Um, but I mean, Jeremy Grant dropped like almost 30 points yesterday in Detroit. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, Detroit sucks, but, but shout out to Jeremy for securing that. And then the I think Sabonis had a triple double yesterday. Uh huh. I have him in fantasy, buddy. Dang. He's, he's, he's good. A, he's a monster. I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. One of the most underrated, um, 
Sam Presti draft picks is DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, and remember when OKC took uh, Terrence Ferguson and now OG Ananobi's, but he just got a big contract for being a year, really eighty million, I think. Yeah, Keithin, yeah. um, my my blood brother says uh, biggest surprise was PG taking the blame for a fifty point loss. He's that, like, that was one of my surprises. Was I could have been better, and I was like, you lost by fifty points. The Clippers getting absolutely waxed by the Dallas Mavericks. Waxed. I saw that score, and I was like, no. Someone has a yeah. You mentioned it. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a joke. Insane. Um, XG graphics as surprised by how bad the Warriors Didn't are. Steph say that they lacked high IQ players just the other day. Yeah. Well, uh, our our man uh, Mike from the Timeline podcast that covers the Suns had a great tweet the other day of that video. I don't know. Did you watch um, that Golden State Milwaukee Bucks game on I Christmas did. Day? There was a play where uh, Kelly Oubre, they came right out of a timeout. Kelly Oubre dribbled the ball for about seven seconds and then uh, tried to turn the corner and got into like three bucks and tried to shoot the ball um, and like missed it horribly. And then it just flipped over. The camera flipped over to Steph just shaking his head. And then it flipped over to Steve Kerr with his head in his hand sitting on the bench Um Maybe things, we should, are, things maybe, aren't great there. Yeah, maybe OKC okay, so should have kept a kill you, Bray, for the tank. I mean, yeah, maybe so. It just the Warriors. It's weird. Draymond Green hasn't come back yet. James Wiseman. I mean, his first shot today was a dead air ball that didn't even touch the net. It was so short, and he can only do hook shots over his right shoulder. So yeah, I, that is surprising. How I thought they're going to be a lot better. Kelly like, Oubre tonight, three of sixteen. Gosh, because I was like, ooh, they have. They have, uh, they're going to have Dre. Of course, they have Steph. They have Wiggins. They have Wiseman, who is a top 10 pick. They have Kelly Oubre, and they've just been horrifyingly bad. And so just just really, really, really bad. Yeah, Sean says Kelly Oubre is 0-31 on things that are not dunks, and that's just terrible. Um, and another thing that's been actually pretty surprising to me is how Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving basically taking a year off and they look really good despite their mm-hmm. loss today. Uh, I was very impressed by what Kevin Durant has done the first couple of games. It just, looks like old KD. He looks he looks just as great as he did before he got hurt or when he when he just blew out whatever it was on his leg on his long legs and the NBA Finals. And uh, so that's been a big surprise for me too. Um, and also how much better Steven Adams is doing when you have a team full of athletes in New Orleans, he's looked really, really good with them yeah, with the power forward, like Zion. Um, these, he looks, he looks really good. And I think it sucks that they get to experience how cool of a guy he is. And he has actually has a really big role in these games. And that doesn't go away in the last seven minutes of each quarter. Yep. Uh, Steven has looked, looked really well. Let me look up his stats from today's game. Uh, just real quick. They beat the San Antonio Spurs on a last second block by, um, by Eric Blitzo. Let's see here. Steven Adams, 30 minutes, uh, eight points, nine rebounds, three assists, uh, team high plus 18, uh, really fits Steven Adams. That makes a lot of sense. Imagine Steven Adams setting a screen for a guy like as big as Zion. That's just incredible or, to or me. Or imagine Brandon Ingram coming off an elevator screen. One of those where it's like double screens. Yeah. With Zion. The, the first person screening you is Zion. The second person screening you is uh Steven Adams. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. And Sean mentioned the, I was thinking that last night, Sean, I was thinking, because remember Malik Monk, the first year he was hitting all these shots, and then all of a sudden he just disappeared. I didn't what he he got in trouble with drugs a year ago. I don't um, know. I don't know that question. I know uh, old boy up in Minnesota did. Malik Monk uh, had COVID. I don't know. Uh, I can't find anything else, but I know he uh, he had a some sort of disciplinary issue as well. So, um, so yeah. Uh, any other big surprises? I think we've kind of already hit mine. The Bulls uh, getting their asses beat two games and then losing to Golden State tonight is a little surprising to me, considering I thought they were gonna uh, really compete and and try to be one of those, if not a playoff team, at least a, a play in tournament team. Mm. Uh, they're not even close to that. They're just bad. I'm, 
I guess you could say how well Nicholas Batum has done this year after he's just completely fell off the map since since when he left Portland and Portland looks really good despite you know like that overtime game with the Rockets. I think mm-hmm. I think Portland's going to be a really fun team to watch. But forty four yeah. apiece for Harden and CJ is that right? Yeah, CJ was cooking, and so I mean I don't really have a, what what other big surprises do you are you thinking about? I, I can't really think of any others for right now. Give us wait till next Sunday. We can do big surprises again. And I bet we have some new stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, to wrap us up, Comiar for around the association best game so far. Oh man. Just that's, that's a great question. You put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, best game. I've watched this NBA season. Oh man. That's kind of tough. I, you know, yeah, I, I did watch none of the Christmas Day game games were yeah. the best game. They were all blowouts. Did you see the the Buddy Hill tip in for the game? I saw that they That's ran to the one. locker room. That was yeah. fun. Run, buddy, run. I mean, heck, the the OKC the OKC win just last night was fun because you got to see uh-huh. Shea ice the game. Um, yeah, but it sounds like today there were several game winners that would have been really fun to watch and. Uh, I, I watched last night's Houston Portland game and that was really fun as well because they went to overtime and it was just stupid wild. Uh, but I can't really that think might, of that might be it. That, that, that Houston Portland one might, might be it. Um, I'm looking through here uh, at any, Oh, uh, Bucks Celtics on their opening night on the 23rd where Tatum banked in the three and then Giannis missed the second free throw. Uh, that was a really good one. Hmm. Um, that that one has to go on the list for sure. Um, I'm looking through here. Uh, Suns Mavericks on their opening night was a fun game. Um, the the Suns, uh, you know, pulling it out with Chris Paul and and Devin Booker hitting back-to-back mid-range Jays, uh, was a fun one as well. So, uh, I, I think we're going to be in store for some fun games this year. I'm really excited. Uh, maybe not thunder fun games, but I think we're going to get some good ones. Um, I'd like to say something really quick. Okay, I'm ready. I mentioned this yesterday to you guys. Denver has to stop wearing those red jerseys immediately because they look like Utah. They, they look, look like the Utah alts. Yes, yeah. they look too much like Utah, and I couldn't get out of my brain last night when I was watching that game that it was not, or it was, maybe it was two nights ago. Yeah, it was two nights ago. I couldn't get out of my brain that it wasn't Denver playing or that, that it was you, that it wasn't Utah playing. It was, yeah, no, it was, it was blowing Denver. my mind because it looks like just like those uniforms. Mm-hmm. And I think the Suns have a similar uniform this year. Uh, and stop doing the gradients. It's not, it's not cool. Yeah. I mean, OKC has the NAS- OKC has the NASCAR kind of black jerseys that we haven't seen yet. Um, but I've already seen them. Like, of course you've seen them in 2k and you see them like, you know, like in the photo shoots and Instagram, they're already growing on me. Um, I, I still forever will like any uniforms better than that blue Navy blue white piping Jersey. That was awful. Um, I didn't like at all the first orange OKC Jersey where it's just like this plain sunset orange with like a dark Navy kind of not even Navy, um, I don't know what kind of blue it was. Um, but just like the OKC, that was like this really cheap. And then you had the native jerseys, which were awesome. So like OKC's taking a long time to get some really good jerseys, and now they're back to like NASCAR, but which it's still better than the piping thing. But anyways, Denver's got to change those uniforms. But Jokic looks really skinny still, so that's maybe a big surprise. Yeah, Jokic does look good. Uh, my dad and I were actually mentioning that the other day. He yeah, said, he kept the weight off he, for the wedding. Is he too skinny? I yeah. said, oh, I don't know, but he he looks good. So awesome. Well, one game in, 71 more to go, Kamiar. 71 uh, losses, one in 71. Hey, it's still on the table, baby. We got to get that top five pick. Hey, if you are watching the live stream, man, thank you so much. We love getting you guys on here every week, seeing you in the in the comments and interacting with you guys. So thank you so much. If you listen to the podcast version, man, we appreciate you. If you want to listen to the podcast version, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your episodes. We drop a podcast after every single Thunder game, a quick 20 to 30 minute post-game podcast. And then every Sunday night, we have the live stream with the podcast going up immediately after 
You guys have a great beginning of your week. We will be back tomorrow night, Monday night, with a game, and then Tuesday night with a game. The yard. The yard. Thursday night with a game. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a busy week for us, but we are super excited to talk basketball with you guys. Uh, I hope you guys had a great holiday. Have a great New Year. Celebrate safely, please. Uh, we're almost out of the woods. We might get to be in the arena towards the end of the season if we can uh, get this under control and get some vaccines in our arms. So stay strong. We will be back with you guys again tomorrow. I think Taylor has the game tomorrow. So you guys look out for that post-game podcast. All the mispronunciations of words. Torn a Chili's for Alexiej cancer. We love you, Taylor. You guys take it easy. And as always... Thunder up. Bye. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.